Thought Bubble Audio. Look, up in the sky! You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Welcome to Beer with Geeks with Tim and Frank. Who are you? I'm Batman. I am Iron Man. Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Hi, Christopher. I'm Nero. My name is Inigo Montoya. You're a wizard, Harry. A couple of guys with a couple of beers and a whole lot of pop culture nostalgia. Make it so, number one. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles. Name the dog in the ant. Life finds a way. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Now sit back and crack open a cold one. Because it's time for Beer with Geeks. It comes in paints? Shaken, not stirred. Great Scott! I was way off. I knew it started with an S, though. Hi, and welcome to Beer with Geeks. This is the show where two geeks geek out with beer. My name is Frank, and joining me again uh, is good friend of the show, Lauren from Metropolis Podcast. Hey. Hiya. Welcome back to Beer with Geeks. Good to have you. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited that we get to geek about geek out about one of our favorite things in the world today. Yes. We are going to talk about something that is near and dear to both of our hearts. Uh, but before we do, are you drinking anything fun? Um, how fun do you consider a Kirkland seltzer? Kirk Ooh. Ooh, <laughs> Costco. Love it. What flavor? Uh, it's lemon. I wish it was a LaCroix, but it's uh, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. budget seltzer this week. <laughs> I don't budget know. cuts. <laughs> <laughs> budget cuts have come to beer with geeks. And so it's not LaCroix with geeks this time. It is Kirkland with geeks. That's fine. <laughs> That's okay. Um, uh, I am drinking a really interesting beer uh, that I found uh, I found at a local, a local shop here in town. Um, it is from Brewmaster Jack brewing and is their tore up experimental ale uh and i was like what is tore t-o-r apostrophe i'm like what is that about i'm, I'm, I'm yeah whatever i'm trying this and it's because and obviously i mean once you hear this you're gonna feel so embarrassed for me like it's obviously called tore up because it was an ale brewed with torula spora del brewecki yeast right i mean how can i not oh, that's so that? obvious it was see right i was thinking like toe up like this is messed yeah. up <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's because of the Torulospora Delbrecki yeast. So I feel like an idiot, but you know, um, that's fine. Uh, obviously, yeah, I have no idea what that means, but um, but it's good. <laughs> it's really good. It's actually super, uh, super tasty. Uh, and uh, I'm gonna put a link to this this yeast uh in the show notes just for anybody who cares about their fungi. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's a real thing. I'm not making it up. Not making it up. Anyway, um. I'm 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 enjoying this beer and we're going to talk about something we both enjoy very much. So I'm 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 excited for this because we are going to be talking about uh, the greatest superhero television show and the longest running superhero television show of all time. Smallville. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Now, I, I think Tim and I talked about Smallville years ago uh, on this show, and it's been so long. Um, that I, we thought it was time to it was time to bring up the topic again. Tim's gonna hear this episode and be like, "Oh, geez, these guys with the Smallville." Um, but uh, <laughs> tell me, Lauren, about your your story with Smallville. How did you find it? How did you come to love it? Tell me, tell me your story. You know, mine is pretty dramatic um, because I'm well aware that you discovered Superman 
before Smallville. But for me, Smallville is the entire reason. It, w- it was my gateway superhero thing. It was the reason why I started loving Superman. And, you know, I, you know, once you know about Superman, you learn about his best friend a little bit, Batman. Um, and then once you have these two rich things, you just kind of keep on soaking up uh, stuff as it comes along. Um, so I can literally credit Smallville uh, for just me being obsessed with comics media. Um, it was my gateway into everything DC. It's why I can keep track of anything that goes on with Marvel. Um, I I love the show so much. I literally would have a completely different life if I was not watching it. Isn't that crazy? That's yeah. it's it's so cool how those things like how just like your entertainment can like yeah it's just entertainment and I I try to keep a pretty level head about. Um, Wait, Frank, I wouldn't be on this podcast if I hadn't watched Smallville. I just realized that. Uh, that's true. That's true. We wouldn't know each other if you didn't watch Smallville, exactly. right? Ultimately. found you guys through Supergirl, which that wouldn't have developed without a Superman interest. At least I don't think it would have developed without a Superman interest. But anyway, right. yeah. That's crazy. I mean, you know, there there's a certain... I could I could reason my way into a few things that I, I wouldn't happen in my life if it wasn't for Smallville, too. I, 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 I've, I, like you said, I loved Superman since I was a little kid. Uh, but I, I mean, I had the costume, I'd run around with a dish towel around my <laughs> neck and everything, you know, like, um, but I, I didn't like Smallville when it first started. I wasn't interested in Smallville when it first came out because the way what? it was promoted, the way it was promoted, I was like, oh, oh this like is like Roswell 2.0. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just like, it's just, it's just Dawson's Creek with superheroes. Like whatever, this is not my, and, and nothing against, you know, and, and now in retrospect, nothing against Dawson's Creek, but at the time, you know, I was a, I was an insecure teenage boy and I was like, man, that's a girly show or something. <laughs> um, and I've, I've, I've come quite a long way since then, but, um, but at the time, at the time, I was uh, like, eh, I don't think that looks like it's for me. It looks like it's just like hypersexualized and hyper like that. Eh, but I, that's not Superman. To Little me. did you know if that's what you thought about season one. I, yeah, season right, four. right. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, but it wasn't until a few seasons in that uh, um, my local WB uh, station, WPIX in New York, Channel 11, um, started started showing reruns every Saturday. Um, they would do. Oh. Uh, was it? I don't know if it was one or, or 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 more every Saturday, but they started showing a few episodes. And actually, my sister, um, she also grew up with a great love of Superman, decided to give it a shot, and she started telling me this is actually pretty good. You should try it. Um, and you know, it, it's funny because I literally listened to your uh, Buffy episode like sure. a couple of days ago. I texted you about this. Yeah, you um, I, I imagine your sister would have found it familiar because, or no, she watched it after. So. Uh, she saw Buffy Smallville had, first, and then Buffy much later. Yeah. Oh, never mind. Because I was gonna say like it, they fit a slim, similar um sort of category totally. with the freak of the week uh totally you know. she and i talked about that when she not not on the podcast but but uh when she got into buffy i was like don't you feel like this like how this influenced smallville and she was like oh yeah in such a way uh it's it's so true it's absolutely true uh it's all connected it's all connected it's all connected i mean and there you know there's there's i i love that i love that this it's it's another it's another take on that on that formula um but yeah i I didn't get into it till, until a few seasons in. And then once I got in, I got in hard. I mean, I binge watched the first few seasons, started buying the DVDs, uh, and I became a freak for this show. Um, I mean, it's it's still my favorite TV show. Um, I, it holds a very special place for me. It's the first TV show that I really geeked out about and like got way into the mythology, really got into the memorized, uh, you know, so many details about it, character names, places, episode titles, uh, right. you know, just the chronology, all that stuff. Did you get into that stuff too? 
Uh, totally. Um, yeah. It's funny you mentioned episode titles because Smallville like famously does like the one worded episode, yes. episode titles. Yeah. So that did help. Um, you know, it actually took me a little while because I was uh, I, I started watching Smallville once it's syndicated on ABC. Um, ah, yes. So uh, I didn't get to watch it from the, the beginning, but I remember seeing promos for it when I was uh, like a little kid and I thought, oh, that seems really cool. But by the time it was airing, I was really self-conscious about the fact that I couldn't watch it from the beginning because I guess I've always had a little bit of that completionist mentality. Ah, um, yeah. So I just didn't watch it. And then a couple years later, when it was on ABC Family, um, I was like, oh, cool. I can do this now. And I, I watched all the episodes. I caught up. And I think, I think, I think, I think um, I was able to catch up right around the time they start airing season four. Um, so I watched it from the non, but funnily enough is I, at the time I just thought it was a really cool show. Um, the Superman stuff didn't hit until, you know, until the show basically became a Superman show. I remember, uh, when I was in high school, I would, uh, throughout like season five, six, seven, I would sort of take a break and I'd come back to it every December when I was on break and I'd binge watch the episodes, um, using a, a website called mini Nova that I don't think is around oh, anymore. Yes. <laughs> I remember college. Yep. Uh, so I, I would, uh, catch up on all of it and then I would just kind of drop it until next year. And then I'd watch like, you know, now I'm watching the end of season five and I'm watching the beginning of season six. Um, but then season eight happened and I was just amazed. It was such a different show. Um, it felt like a Superman show and, just something about it really clicked. And that's when I started really getting into Superman. And uh, as, as you know, as I claim on every podcast I'm on, I'm like the biggest Lois Lane fan alive. And uh, that all came from the show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so you started watching live around season four, you said? Yes. Uh, so but right when Lois felt- joined. Yeah, uh, which at the time I I didn't even have uh, enough context to understand how important that was. But, Mm. you know, every now and then, um, because it's been a while since the show's been on and I I don't like rewatch it every year or even every couple of years. But I think every year there is a a, some moment where I will watch uh, Crusade and I'll just choke Mm. up because of how how crazy like the the scope of that episode is to have Erica Dross's debut as Lois Lane, to have uh, Margot Kidder in there. Um, it's just a lot. It's so it's it's such a significant significant episode, yeah, for sure. It's it's a turning point in the show. Um, just the appearance of Lois is is a, is a huge is a huge thing. But then everything going on with with Clark and with Jor El and uh, right. you know the Virgil Swan connection that was still sort of lingering over from from seasons two and three, um, and that really continued into like season seven and eight. Yeah. Um, also, oh. uh, best cold open ever. Yes, yes, it is. It's a solid. I, I I had to think for a second, but yes, absolutely. With the, uh, with Lois. Who are uh, you? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God! What and what? A, what a way for the two of them to meet, right? With <laughs> him, him buck naked in the middle of the field, and her just like, whoa, hello there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, do stuff. you have uh any like? Do you have any standout episodes uh that you'd like to talk about? One of my absolute favorite episodes um actually this this dovetails pretty nicely with um uh with crusade but leading right into 401 is is the season three uh finale covenant um and what i love 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 um maybe more than any other moment in smallville is the very very end of that episode where we hear you know, opera music is playing, 
Lionel oh, has finally gone to prison. Yes. He's getting his haircut uh, at, in prison, and everybody dies. Like everybody, like uh, uh, Chloe's house gets blown up, uh, and and Lex gets poisoned and falls backwards into a glass coffee table. And the Kents see a a, a giant symbol get burned into the uh, into the field uh, on their farm. And Clark has given himself over to to Jor-El and. Uh, just everyone around him is is in peril in some way, and and Lionel is the one who orchestrated all of it, and it's just such a, a incredible badass uh shot, badass moment. Uh, oh, I love it so so much. That's one of my favorite moments in in the entire show, and so that that episode definitely gets a uh gets a special place in my heart for that. What about you? What are what are some favorites of yours? Uh, I, I will say uh, absolutely the the level of drama in that season finale is <sighs> is crazy, especially for the time. Um, and just to, just to talk about that for a second, um, I I remember that in the season premiere they did not include Allison Max credits, so it was like like left up to mystery. Like, did she survive? And then um in like the second episode and onward, I or the third episode onward, one of those uh that they restored her back into the opening credits. They did a good job keeping the suspense going there for a little while. Right. Which yeah. I feel like, you know, in this day and age, like nothing is secret anymore. And even if it is, people are just like, oh, that character's dead, but it's TV. They're yeah. going to come back. Um, that's not how it was back then. We were all no. like, what? Did she die? Um, it's right. It's right. <laughs> and yeah. especially when it has to do with like the opening credits, it's pretty rare that that um, they'll they'll change the opening credit sequence of a show especially because the show has a theme song and everything right. um it's pretty rare they'll do that because it's expensive to do that and it's a lot of trouble but they they went to the trouble to do it to to right. keep the illusion up um one of my favorite uh episodes of smallville i actually it's one of the ones i think a lot of fans don't like but it's one of the reasons why i think i love it so much if you say um, thirst you're off this podcast right now we have talked about this, I believe, and I have a. It, that's not the one I was going to name, but it has its moments for me. Um, anywho, <laughs> no, it's not that episode. Um, it, it's a Lois Lane centric episode. Go figure. Uh, it's uh, Stiletto. Oh, Stiletto. Oh, Stiletto's fun. Stiletto's it is, fun. It's a lot of fun. And I remember at the time, a lot of people were upset about it because she has this moment um, where she uh, uh, sort of. Um, uh, risks her journalistic integrity. They were saying like, oh, she lied to get a story. She finagled the details to get a story. And uh, while that is true, I really appreciate it from the perspective of it is such a silver age premise. Like Lois Lane pretends to be a superhero for a week and then she writes an article about it. Mm -hmm. um, and plus what I love about Smallville's Lois Lane is, uh, which this happened in a lot of versions of, of uh, Superman. Like the thing about Lois Lane is she's very extra. She'll do anything that is necessary to get the story. But in Smallville's versions, she is very specifically that that chick who will do that, whatever that is, whatever extra thing that is. Um, so the idea of Lois just becoming a superhero because she can, I love it. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's true. It it is it is a, a take on uh, like a you know a mid two thousands take on a more classic Lois Lane trope of just doing anything for the story, anything for the scoop, <laughs> um, which is what makes her so, I mean, in a lot of ways, like so lovable, right? And so, so uh, admirable and such an enduring character. Yeah. And I do say I love every time in Smallville when she wears a costume. That's one of my favorite like Lois Lane isms ever. Yes. <laughs> yes. And they had Erica do that a lot in the show, which was, which made for a lot of fun. Yeah. Lot she had like fun. a, 
She had like a noob sighted again sort of thing. She uh, had something that made her look like uh, a Spider-Man character at some point. Um, what are the costumes? She had a Wonder Woman variant costume. Yeah, she had the Wonder Woman one. Yeah, sure. Stormtrooper, sure. like uh, yes. French maid, janitor. This isn't even like a third of the ones she's worn probably right. in the entire I, episode. Or in the, I forgot in the about some series. of those. In the later <laughs> seasons, I think they, they did more and more of that. In the later seasons, they embraced that a bit more. Maybe she was more game for it. I don't know. But yeah, totally. For totally. sure. While we're on the topic of Erica Durant's, is she your Lois Lane? She's one of my Lois, Lois, Lois's Lane, Lois Lane's. Um, but uh, I still have such a, such a like attachment for, to Dana Delaney, you know, that I, uh, I, yes. I find it. And, it, and like, it's different because it's live action versus, you know, animation, obviously. But I just love what Dana Delaney did with that, that interpretation over the years. My favorite has changed for a long time. You're probably going to judge me for this for a long time. It was Noel Neal. And that was a very. Oh wow! Um, from the adventure, no, of Superman, I, I wouldn't judge show. you over that. Well, and like, that was a, that was like an emotional attachment because she was my first Lois, and so that was um, that was why I loved her, and I, I still love her dearly. But uh, I recognize that, like, I would say objectively, her performance is not as realistic, uh, and and certainly not as um, not as much a feminist icon as uh, let's as say uh, a Dana Delaney or right. um, really lots of lots of women who came after her. But I still think she did a fantastic job. And for for the, the time and place, um, that was a very progressive portrayal of uh, of of a woman, honestly, and let alone of, right. of a of a woman in that field. Yeah, a working journalist in the 1940s, like a, yeah. a woman who was employed in the 1940s. Yeah, heck yeah. Even um, if they did keep calling her girl reporter. Um, you know, that was as progressive <laughs> as it got back then. Right. Um, it, it's, it, I actually like that about you. Like I, I didn't know that Noah Neal was your, was initially like your lowest lane for a long time, but that's really, that's really sweet for a long time. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I, 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 I love Dana Delaney, but is, is Erica, Erica must be your lowest lane, right? I would say tricky. Question. I know you love Dana Delaney too. I do love her. She responded to on Twitter once. That's right. I, I forgot like, about lost that. my damn mind. It was like my pin, my t- pin tweet for a long time. I was like, oh my god, Lois Lane has swapped words with me. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I would say uh, my uh idea of Clark Kent and uh, Lois Lane has not been perfectly realized in any canon. Um, but I would say Lois, uh, Erica, I, I just tried to refer to her as Lois Lane instead of Erica Durant. That tells you how much I love her. I would say she's about 85% there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. she, it's hard to imagine because I generally think that the version, her character gets better in every single incarnation. Um, and I love Amy Adams, but we didn't have enough screen time with her to really see the progression. Um, I agree with you there. Yeah. But I wish yeah, we'd gotten uh, more of her. I know. I, well, Never say never. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> true, true, true. I don't know. Um, but yeah, uh, Erica. I think. Or well, uh, I, I I like to compare this to Harry Potter. How you know there's some uh, people in the movies who that is that character in the book for me. Like uh, Professor McGonagall in the movies. That is absolutely who she is in the book, without right. a question. Are, are there any uh, like Erica Drotz is the closest to that to me in the show? Are there any characters in the show where when you think of that character, that is who comes to mind? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, well, you know, uh, I, you know, I uh, definitely John Glover's Lionel Luther. Um, Was he original I, to Smallville? Lionel Luther, the name has existed. You know, they've they there have been other 
names for Lex's father. You know, like it's it's almost like every iteration decides what the the names of Lex's parents are going to be, and they, they're, <laughs> they're they're there's almost no two that are the same. Uh, the the correct answer to your question that I, I overlooked is John Schneider is Jonathan Kent. That is the correct answer. He is he is my Jonathan. Oh Kent. yes, he's perfect. I I he's like perfect. a younger, a slightly younger. Ma yeah, and Pa Kent. The, the, yes, having them be in their 40s, having them be, you know, Martha and Jonathan and not Ma and Pa, not so like folksy and elderly, was one of the best decisions they made in this show to have them be like normal age parents to have a teenager. Great, great <laughs> idea. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and Man of Steel took cues from it. And it was kind of a risky pick, but I'm glad they did it. Yeah, and uh, now that you you mentioned it, because um, obviously everyone on the cast uh, got to age throughout like a ten year show. Um, John Schneider, he was so young in the beginning, and by the end, like he, uh, when he does come back, I guess he only lasted halfway through, but you know he has his, his cameos. Right. Um, just the, what he was able to embody as Jonathan Kent as like the younger father, but then as like the the older father who's like very proud and like uh, very much there to support his son. It, versus in the beginning of the show where there's a lot of um, berating Clark just because, well, Clark needed it. Right, uh, right. It's, it's perfect. It really is. It, 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 he is the perfect Jonathan Kent. Like, I, I actually do think... You, you said that you don't think you've seen the perfect iteration of Clark or Lois yet. I agree with you. I haven't seen the perfect iteration of them yet. I, I wish I could take bits and pieces of all the different yeah. versions I've seen, but Schneider is the perfect Jonathan Kent. Everyone should just look, at, look to him for reference, honestly. Honestly. I, I have yeah. not seen a better portrayal, and I doubt I ever will. Well, so it's good. cool. Um, and and Man of Steel, they have a scene that was almost like verbatim from the Smallville season ten, uh, premiere. Uh, like in the Smallville season ten premiere, Clark's like working on the farm or something. Then Jonathan, yeah. he hallucinates. He comes up, and they yeah, uh, yeah they're working they have on a the heart fence. to heart. Yeah. yeah, and then uh, in or no BVS, like Clark is kind of on his uh his his solo journey. Um, and it's a similar thing where the ghost of Jonathan just sort of appears to him, gives him guidance, disappears. Um, and I absolutely have to believe that Zack Schneider like was referencing Smallville there. Cause it's, uh, it's amazing to see how they took those cues from Smallville and like worked it into the universe. So Smallville does have, it's like, it's like, uh, it's print. It does. It does. And even you're, you're I think you're right. I do think that that was probably a, a wink and a nod. Um, in in Man of Steel, there's a reference to the Fordham boy, which I think is a Whitney Whitney Fordman reference. They just yeah. changed the name a little bit, but I I think that that's uh that's a a reference there. Well, for actually, sure. Uh, when I was watching, like I oh my gosh, Man of Steel was probably my most anticipated movie of my lifetime. Mm. Like I cannot think of a single movie that I was like more gung ho for than Man of Steel, and I saw it with a. Uh, two really good friends who were huge uh, like Smallville fan, uh, fans and we actually like used to have Smallville Fridays in my dorm room and we would oh, watch. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, so like that crew, we uh, saw Man of Steel together and uh, what was it? We There were a lot of things that just had me screaming and like we were grabbing each other's hands. Uh, the Fordham Boy comment, that was one of them. The fact that they had a garage called Sullivan's. Um, the entire bus driving off the, the bridge uh, mm, sequence mm. it just felt so much like the porsche scene in the smallville pilot sure um also uh i don't know if you've ever caught this uh there's a moment when man of steel clark uh he runs into uh, the jerk at the bar and then when the guy goes to his truck later he has all oh. the yes uh, what yes all the uh the trees like impaling his truck uh mm -hmm. i thought that was very much a like 
uh, a nod to in the what's it called the premiere Smallville. Um, a Clark has his revenge by messing with the bully's truck. Same exact thing. Yeah, he stacked a bunch of pickup trucks outside the outside the dance, right? Yeah. In the I, in the I don't pilot. Yeah, it was, it was in the pilot in the, of season one finale. When I know, went to, it, was, it was in the pilot. Sorry, I called it the, the pilot, premiere. The, right. the pilot. Right. Um, maybe, maybe I'm. It's it's a stretch, but as a Smallville fan, like I saw those things immediately and thought of it. Um, I don't know. What what do you think? Do you think that those things were intentionally referencing Smallville, or am am I that one in particular with the with the truck? That did feel pretty intentional to me. Okay. It's it's possible that you know. Listen, it's not it's not a stretch to think that someone had the same idea and never watched Smallville and had had a similar idea, but it seems it's a pretty it's a pretty close, uh, pretty close homage, if nothing else. Yeah, validation. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think so. I, I it, if it makes you feel better, that's where my mind went as soon as I saw it. It was, hey, that's just like Smallville. Um, oh, so nice. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I do that with everything. <laughs> God, that's like Smallville. <laughs> it's only kind of like Smallville, Frank. It's you know, there are characters and it's on TV, but I don't know about. Um, but yeah. Oh did, man. Did you uh, watch? Uh, what well, you watch the CW shows? Uh, well, duh, you watch the CW shows, uh, but I don't think you follow uh, Arrow, do you? Yeah, I, I follow Arrow. I'm, I'm usually a little bit behind on it, but yes, I, I watch uh, all the Arrowverse shows except for Legends at this point. Well, uh, same. Uh, I don't watch Black Lightning or Legends, but uh, so you remember when season one of Arrow and season one of The Flash came out, they felt so much. They were literally just Smallville season eight. Yes, especially I feel like especially Arrow uh, felt like Smallville season eight. Um, and then Flash, Flash reminds me of like a lot of the early seasons of Smallville, but like if they were making them today, um, but, uh. but some, some of the formula and the, and just the general uplifting, upbeat, um, feel overall feel of Flash as compared with Arrow, for example, um, even compared with Supergirl to an extent, Flash feels like sort of the spiritual successor to Smallville to me. And that, I think that's why it's, it's. Most of the time, it's my favorite of those three shows. I like guess the one it's the one I enjoy the most. Um, oftentimes, on an individual episode by episode basis. This past season, Supergirl was was my favorite by far. Um, but uh, in terms of like how much fun, how much enjoyment am I getting out of it? Often it's Arrow, and I think it's because it feels like it's it's steeped in that Smallville lore. And and you want to talk about references? Um, uh. Kevin, you know how Kevin Smith has, I, I love Kevin Smith as a filmmaker and it's just like a podcast personality. And um, he has directed a couple episodes of uh, uh, Supergirl, a couple episodes of Flash. Right. Uh, uh, Runaway Dinosaur, I think is one of his episodes in Flash. Um, uh, I'm blanking. I can't remember episode episodes. titles off offhand that, that he directed, but but uh, uh, he's directed like two or three of Flash and, and two or three of Smallville. And he... Uh, has he's said that you know whenever he he goes and directs he gets to especially with Supergirl he gets to see you know what what's happening this whole season right they sketch it out for him to put it in context hey here's the context of the episode you're directing like here's where it fits into the bigger picture the bigger story and he'll be like wow you're actually pulling in Brainiac that's so cool and they'll be and a, a whole bunch of the casting, not the cast, but the crew, a ton of the crew used to work on Smallville. They shoot in right. Vancouver, right? 
and they'll be like we did that on smallville and he's like oh i didn't watch it and they're like well you should um and just like over and over again he'll be like wow i can't believe we're actually gonna get this character on tv that's so cool and they're like we did that on smallville 10 years ago 15 years ago um and and it's 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 really like repeatedly he's like oh sorry all right like as he talks to like a cameraman wearing a smallville like season seven rap party t-shirt Greg Beeman shouting at him like we did that on Smallville. Keep up. (laughs) Greg Beeman. One of the great directors of of that show. Yeah. Whenever uh, one of those um, like uh, mid season finales would happen, it would always be Greg Beeman or if it was a uh, or if it was like a uh, what was what do they call the last episode of a show (laughs) or not? (laughs) Uh, Or uh, yes, the season finales. It would always be um, him or Glenn Winter. Speaking of right. Glenn Winter, uh, like a uh, the director of photography for a lot of Smallville. Um, yes. it's Half funny. Of Smallville. He did every other episode. Basically. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I seriously. Remember... It was him and uh, and oh, I forget the other guy's name um, because Glenn was so much better. But yeah, they used to switch <laughs> off and do every other episode for most of the series. I I remember in Arrow. I think the first appearance of uh dead shot maybe who was the one who uh tattoos the name of his victims like i know that's a victor's ass thing but like the yeah. his own version I, I think it was dead shot but like uh in one of the first episodes of arrow uh there's a villain who has like uh tattoos of every pe- person he's killed and like <laughs> i remember seeing glenn winter on his body once and i was like hey i know who that is <laughs> oh that's funny you're right it is dead shot you're right. That is funny. That was Glenn Winter. I did. I missed that. Was that back in like season, season one? I think one. Okay. I think that's so. That's cool. Um, oh, that's what cool. I was saying about the season one of uh, Flash and Arrow is um, uh, I get what you mean about like uh, like the Freak of the Week um, sort of being similar in the Flash. But uh, those two shows, the way they handled the secret identity in their first seasons, like with mm-hmm. Oliver mm-hmm. being with La- like visiting Laurel as like uh, as a Oh, the hood. That's what they called them back then. The and hood. her being fascinated with the hood. And then like Iris being fascinated with the flash. I was like, oh my God, this is literally like the like season eight of Smallville. Totally. Uh, like totally. there were so many Clovis cues, um, which actually yes. was really infuriating to see the shows be really successful on the CW because I um, I was really indignant as a Smallville fan because, you know, I, I don't know if this was your experience, but I kind of had to be an apologist for Smallville for a yeah. long time. People would be like, you're still watching that show or, oh, that show sucks or, you know, Superman didn't do or he didn't do all this stuff before he was Superman. Um, I and I remember when the, the shows were so popular, I was uh, one, I was always pointing out this show was basically Smallville Two, this show. Uh, Arrow was created to fill the gap that Smallville left behind. Like it took the CW about a year to be like, huh, where's our 18 to 34 male audience? And then right. they greenlit Arrow. Um, and then and then they became like the superhero network from there, right? Like yeah. three nights a week, four nights a week. There's there's superhero shows on that on the network for sure. For sure. They, they owe a lot to Smallville. And, and honestly, I feel like Grant Gustin is actually really good about acknowledging that. And Stephen Amell, too. Um, well, Grant Gustin, because he was probably with us watching Smallville. Uh, right. Exactly. On East Coast, you know, way back when. Yeah. He, you know he has a Superman tattoo? I did not know that. That's really doesn't that doesn't surprise me though, because I've heard stories. I've heard stories about how like on the set of um uh, Elseworlds, the the twenty eighteen crossover, Arabus crossover, uh-huh. um when Tyler Hecklin, who plays Superman, did his shirt rip, uh, that uh Grant didn't know it was gonna happen right then. Like he wasn't prepared for it. So when 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 Tyler did the shirt rip, um Grant like geeked out and was like, Oh, oh my so god. Cute. Um, and apparently the only reason that they didn't spoil the take 
was because they had already zoomed in so far into Tyler's chest that you couldn't see everybody break and laugh. Um, <laughs> but otherwise, that would have spoiled the take because uh, Grant Gustin geeked out so much at that shirt rip that because he didn't expect it because uh, he's such a big Superman fan. He was so excited. And they were all saying how they were how they were geeking out going back to the the farm that was the Kent farm on Smallville and having that be the well, Kent farm in this universe. Right. And I um I remember seeing Stephen Amell's tweet earlier, uh, like way before the crossover came out. He said, uh, "Just saw the the uh, the crossover in its entirety. There is a moment that w- that had me jumping out of my seat." And he was talking about when they put the Smallville uh, theme music in yes. the uh, in the episode. Yes, that was such a great little moment of fan service, and made me very happy. Made me very happy. They did they did they did good there, and I don't know, you know it it. I have hope that maybe since Elseworlds and and now Crisis on Infinite Earths deals with multiverse stuff that maybe, maybe there's an Earth out there where Tom Welling is Superman and Michael Rosenbaum is Lex Luthor. Maybe. maybe. I have a couple thoughts on that. One, Tom just started a new show and I'm like, man, he's so desperate to not do this, this Superman yeah, thing. I know. Um, but uh, one thought is I would love if they did, you know, like the multiverse of Superman and like Brandon Routh, who is literally Yes. Show right now yes, if he would wear too. the return suit if tom would come in he doesn't even have to wear the superman suit i won't be angry at him if he doesn't wear it just let me see him in glasses and like you know I, yes. a trench coat like you, you know i i haven't quite forgiven him for not wearing the suit but you know i will be very happy if he just shows up and he and he he wears blue somewhere <laughs> if, yeah i honestly if he yes if he wore just like the trench coat and the glasses i'd be happy with that i'd be so happy but um, i have this well, you know, maybe not because that woman is going to be um, its own show. So they'll probably cast her in Bruce Wayne at some point. But part of me had a feeling that they were going to bring. I was wondering if they were going to bring Tom Welling in as Bruce Wayne. That would be cool. I don't I don't know if they would. That feels like crossing the streams a little too much. Eh, uh, but, 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 but Lois Lane from Smallville is Supergirl's mom. I know. You're right. You're right. Yeah. And that's another. I mean, like you could have you could have a thing where where you know supergirl's mom in this universe is is lois lane in another universe also in this crossover right like in another multiverse i would i, I, I would know. i would love that yeah i i could i would i'd i'd be okay with that eventually at first i'd be a little bit like but he's superman he's not batman he's hey let us superman fans have something um well but, i feel uh, like tom would say yes to being batman he'd be like okay i'll come back i'll be waiting for like two seconds like i think he'd yeah. be down for that that'd um, be cool it'd be great to see justin hartley yeah, it sure would. I mean, we saw his suit in uh, in in Elseworlds. Yes, um, we did. He was he was laid waste uh, on the ground. So we I mean, we saw someone wearing that suit. So it'd be cool to have have him come back. Well, you know, um, it it bugged me back in um, Flash season two when they showed Earth two. I was so convinced that they were going to bring in Justin Hartley, but they mm, didn't. Mm. Still, it's never too late. It's never too late, especially if especially if they have a multiverse. And and also, um, when I was at Dragon Con in 2018, the um, uh, Michael Rosenbaum and Aaron Ashmore and Tom Welling were on a panel together, and they all said that you know if there if there was ever like an animated series, they would totally they would totally voice the characters. They they, they didn't huh. commit to doing a live action, but they did say like you know once in a while that idea gets thrown around and like. Um, you know, if they ever did it, we'd I'd be on board to to come back and and do the voice work. I mean, Rosenbaum's done a ton of voice work. He voiced the Flash on the old Justice League cartoon in the early two thousands. Right. Um, he was Wally West. while he was while he was doing Smallville. I while wonder about that. Smallville. Was he like in Vancouver with a tape with like a tape recorder, just like recording and then sending it off to 
<laughs> probably was recording, yeah, in Vancouver and sending it off uh, to, to Warner Brothers. Probably, yeah, most That's likely, un- unless it was off season or, or something. But yeah, you're, I never thought about that. He probably was. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I, I mean, they'd be cool if they did. They did. They did the Smallville season eleven comic, which was pretty good. Um, but uh, did you I read would, all of that? Because I actually have not read it, but I've, I've picked up a little bits and pieces. Did I read all of it? I, I, I know I read a lot of it. I don't remember how it ends. So I don't remember. If, but I must have finished it. I wouldn't have not. I'm too much of a completist to not. So I, <laughs> I, I really, and Brian Q. Miller wrote that book too. Yes, he was did. one of my favorite writers on the show. Oh my gosh. Brian Q. Miller. Can we talk about how amazing his glow up was? He was like a writer's assistant. And then he, I think he, well, I don't know this for sure. He definitely started as a writer's assistant. I'm assuming at some point he co-wrote an episode and he wrote an episode and then uh, he just, he moved up the the ladder and eventually got like handed this entire comic. Hey, do what you want. That's, that's amazing. That is what dreams are made of. Like I, he's definitely not listening to this, to this podcast, but, and I definitely don't know him, but I'm so proud. It's, that's an amazing accomplishment. He's such a solid writer, such an amazing writer. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he got sort of, like you said, promoted through the ranks and, and, um, just unbelievable what he did ended up like being at the helm by the end uh after the series ended and i loved what he did um but yeah he he um he did great and 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 that that's that season 11 um comic was was it was great to have something to hold on to you know after the show ended and i would really love to see them do something either an animated series or another comic or or i mean ideally really bring the show back in some way or whatever (laughs) but or do some kind of a reunion but um i would love to see some see it continue in another medium if not the original medium right i just remembered season 11 uh i did not read the comic but one thing they did that i was so happy about is they took away lana's power yeah, which I, I I was happy with that too. I was happy with that too. Um, Speaking of that, actually might be uh, power in season eight. That actually might be my most hated episode of Marvel ever. Ooh, okay. Yeah, it's not it's not a favorite of mine to be honest. Um, it's not a favorite of mine. <sighs> thirst though, really thirst. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And I feel like noir gets unwarranted hate. Really, I've never heard that. I've heard I've heard a lot of people like bag on noir and I'm like it's yeah. it's good it's a little fillery but it's it's good I enjoy it I but well, I'm also biased cuz I love the I love the adventures of superman um right. stuff and they literally used establishing shots from that show in that episode so um so I guess that's why I'm I'm biased towards it but um I find it fun I find it fun to watch that's the beauty of a of a show like Smallville that uh, goes on for so long and has like a I mean people uh, will criticize like a twenty two uh, episode format but the cool thing is you do get to do uh, you do get to get your feet wet in all these different places like the musical episode in uh, Flash and Supergirl those wouldn't those wouldn't happen um, unless if if you had like thirteen episode seasons you would not have an episode like that that's right uh, and, similarly and- you wouldn't have like the the noir episode of Smallville right. And one thing that Smallville did so well that I think Flash also does um, very well is that even the sort of more filler episodes, and I will I will not lie and say there's no there's the, oh Smallville's so good there's no fillers there's definitely fillers, but um, but even the Smallville filler episodes seventy five percent filler <laughs> it's a lot of filler especially the later seasons it it got it, there was a lot of filler but I feel like even the filler episodes had something redeeming about them and had something um, had something. Uh, that move the season long arc along. So right. 
you never you never got cheated even in an episode that was just sort of like quaint and and whatever like okay they're all gonna have a karaoke party and get drunk and they're not gonna remember what happens tomorrow that was a fun funny episode (laughs) the hangover episode the hangover episode yeah um but yet there were things that happened there that moved the plot along uh so you couldn't really skip any of them you couldn't you know you they were fillers but they were also kind of not because you needed to see them to to get the the even if it's like a post credits tag or whatever not actually post credits but you know the last thing before the the cliffhanger of the episode would be something that would that would set up a, a major plot for the for right. the, the rest of the season oh man i could talk about smallville for many many hours which is why this is the second time we're having an episode on it uh <laughs> but any uh any closing thoughts any final things you didn't we didn't get to discuss about smallville that you want to make sure don't go unsaid uh we're running short on time but i just wanted to ask you what which is your favorite season Season three. Okay. Season three. Season five is also a close a close second on that. But season three has a special place in my heart because I feel like it's so solidly constructed and, and so much fun. And, and a lot of the um, – I have a nostalgia for the early seasons. I really do. Because um, they remind me of, like, everything they were doing in high school. Like, Clark was basically the same age as I was. And so maybe, like, a couple years older. Um and so I have this greatness. All the music that they use reminds me of the music I was oh, listening to yes. in high school. Even if it wasn't music I particularly liked at the time, I now associate it with that time in my life. And I'm like, oh, man, you know, uh, Lifehouse. Like, I wasn't listening to Lifehouse in 2002. Oh, but now I look gosh. back and I'm like, oh, man, like that's uh, that makes me feel like a child again. So I'm, I'm very nostalgic for that. And season three for for lots of reasons is, is near and dear to my heart. Do you have a favorite? Uh, real quick, Lifehouse uh, is that is a deep cut, but the deepest musical cut for me is the um, the calling wherever you will go. It's like the, the it's in episode two. It's the closing song yeah. of episode two. That's that a classic. One, that's an anthem of the early two thousands. Are you kidding me? Yeah, and like that song is uh, even though it's an anthem, when I hear it, I think of that pan upward to the stars. Um, yes, it, I think it's the end of Metamorphosis, and it's just I get chills and like my throat closes up a little bit because I choke <sighs> up a little bit. Um, absolutely the music in Smallville was uh oh. was it um the music was so great the music was so so great whenever i hear she will be loved by maroon five i, I instantly <laughs> think of uh season four uh, and especially because it's it's that one obscure live version is what they use in the show not the not the album version that you hear on the radio oh, oh man wow i, I didn't know that i'm still I learning use- things about Smallville like all these years later it's so good. It's, it's like an acoustic unplugged version. It's so good. Um, I could talk about the music of Smallville in an entire episode, and maybe we should one day, actually. That would be really cool if we each brought like 10, 10 of our favorite songs from Smallville or something and just talk. I, I could I could talk, do a whole episode <laughs> on that. Tim can keep on going on vacation. We'll just talk about Smallville to the end of time. It's fine. Yeah, it's honestly, it's fine. Uh, uh, Lauren, thank you so much for geeking out on Smallville with me. Any any final Any final words, final thoughts? Um, just that Smallville season eight is my favorite because I that was like I felt like that's when it became another show. It became Metropolis, but like another show in yeah. a good way, not a jump the shark kind of way, no. uh, like where it just transformed into uh, something that I want to see. Um, I think Smallville for literally making me the day. That's awesome. I love that. I love that so much. This is like your 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 geek like birth you know came from came from Smallville. <laughs> <laughs> i love that that's that's so cool yeah i mean i i joined you know forums to talk about smallville and then and then those people on the forums were talking about a podcast i started listening to starkville's house of l the podcast 
and uh, and and now I host an, an, a version of that show about Krypton, and and from there I joined Twitter, and from Twitter I met a bunch of friends who I, I'm still very very close with. Uh, and, and then and, this girl started stalking you, and she asked if she could join your right. network, and and it's and that's a beautiful <laughs> thing, right? And and even like that led me to a career in 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 marketing using social media for marketing, and that's where I met my wife. So like you know, in a way, you can kind of trace back Smallville to that if you really wanted to make a lot of connections. Like it's it's it it's a lot of things started for me here. A lot of uh, um, a lot of who I am today. Not I don't I wouldn't you know I can't attribute my whole geekiness to it like you can. But a lot of things that that are important to me today, you know, started uh, and sprouted from from Smallville in a lot of ways. So I I have a lot to. We should always hold on to Smallville. Aww. I guess is the, is the <laughs> lesson there. Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming back. Uh, tell people where they can find you. Uh, you guys can find me anywhere on the internet at Laura Nakawin. Um, if you feel like donating to our Patreon, I can maybe buy some Laquan next time. There you go. There's <laughs> that. That's a that's a plug. Um, yeah. Where can uh, they find and, you, and where can they find our Patreon? Uh, they can find uh, Patreon.com/slash/ThoughtBubbleAudio. Uh, they can find uh, your show, Metropolis Metropolis Podcast. They can find this show and all of ThoughtBubble Audio shows at ThoughtBubbleAudio.com. Uh, they can find us at Beer with Geeks on Twitter. I'm at Frank Ramblings. Tim is at Timothy PG13. Uh, you can uh, find us on all the podcast apps: iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, uh, all all the various apps. Uh, you'll you'll find us there. Uh, leave us a rating and review if that's your thing. We really love a five star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. And uh, tell us what you thought about Smallville. Tell us your uh, tweet at us at Beer with Geeks or email us beerwithgeeks at gmail.com with your thoughts on Smallville. We'd love to hear some Smallville nostalgia. And if, if any of you are, are uh, you know, folks that, that were, were OG fans way back in the day listening to Starkville's House of L or posting on the Krypton site forums or anywhere else, uh, reach out. I'd love to hear from you. Tell us your life story. Tell us how Smallville changed your life. Tell us how Smallville changed your life. Absolutely. Well, thanks again, Lauren. Always a blast. We'll have to have you back again real soon. Heck yeah. This time with LaCroix, I hope. <laughs> I'm so for it. All right. Sounds good. Well, uh, until then, cheers. cheers.